0: Hi, and welcome to the Palliators Podcast. I'm your host, Hospice and Palliative Medicine Fellow, Dr. Tara Katine. This podcast is for healthcare professionals who want to become more comfortable and confident in caring for chronically ill and terminally ill patients. With the help of the fellows who work alongside me in Columbia, South Carolina, we hope to educate and promote palliative care one podcast at a time. We're so glad to have you here. Hi, everybody. In this episode of the Palliators podcast, we're talking about what happens on both sides of the stethoscope, but primarily what happens on the other side of the stethoscope. We're going to talk with Suzanne. She has been a neuro ICU nurse, a med surge floor nurse, a hospice nurse, and a palliative care nurse. I've known her 20 years. She was in this field long before me, and she's taught me a lot, and she's still not through teaching me. Right now, she's on the other side of the stethoscope. She was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer about three and a half years ago. She received disease-directed therapies to extend her life until a recent hospitalization when she decided to switch gears to focus on her comfort and her quality of life. She knows what it's like to be on both sides of the stethoscope and she wanted to participate in this podcast in the event that she could help someone else. She knows that she has a short time left to live and there's nothing she would not be willing to address. But before we get underway, it's important to her that I tell you she has multiple brain mets, and they impair her word-finding and enunciation. Still, she is willing to share her experience with us. Welcome, Suzanne.
1: Hi. Yes, this is um, Suzanne. And Tara, I'm happy to be here today with you to um, share um, thoughts with you.
0: Let me start off with
1: asking you what you're hoping for. When I was diagnosed, I um, hoped for a little time to make um, sure that um, after everything is in order and to um, prepare my daughters and friends um, for what's coming up next. And, um, in the ultimate, my ultimate time, that, um, pain and other symptoms are, um, tro- to, controlled. And, um, I don't want to drag anything out to, and to, um, when it comes to quality of life. The last time I asked you about what you were hoping for, you
0: said something to me about wanting to tell people that you love them, being able to do that, and telling people goodbye and letting them say those things back to you. You also said something about hoping that you've made a positive difference in the lives of the people you've known. Since you can't see her, I should tell you that she's nodding her head. Is there anything that you regret that you'd be willing to tell us about?
1: Um, I think maybe um, I regret not being um, kinder to... Some people that I didn't understand, and maybe um not spending time to pe- be um to with people that um I should have you know been been there for them, and um you always um, think about should I have been a better a better friend but um I hope that before I leave, leave I can um know, um let people know that um I care for them and love them uh, no matter um things um, we were like in the past, you know.
0: What's interesting to me to hear you say that is that I can't imagine you being a better friend, at least not for me. And we don't spend a ton of time together, but when we do, it's always just like where we left off. And you have helped me tremendously throughout the years. And one of the things that I have thought of for me losing you is that I hope I've been as good a friend to you as you've been to me. I want to ask you something I've asked you before and you've told me no in the past, or I'm going to ask you again and see if it's still the same. Are you scared?
1: No, I really am not. Um, In my career and my personal life with my parents um, I experienced this, and I think, um, I have a outlook, uh, on life, and this is, um, uh, part of it, we all go through it, and I think I've been a, a good person, and I'm going to the, um, better place and if I just have faith that um, um, I be cared for and um, comfortable that um, it all work out and um, people around me would be ready and with me and that it, it will be okay. And um I, I'm okay and not scared. What she's not telling you
0: is that the last time I asked her that question, she told me if she doesn't go to the better place, that she'd try to warn me. Suzanne, what is it you've learned about yourself or about the world or about life in general since you got your diagnosis?
1: I think the biggest thing is that not to assume anything anything about people or life in general and also to take advantage of the situation. What do you mean take advantage of the situation? Well, I've always been so healthy and Thinking I was um, going to live forever and be happy, and you know maybe getting sick, you um, you uh, 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 realize that things are not in your control, and when you. Uh, uh, Look at other people and their situation, um, it wasn't in their control. And they're doing the best they can, um, just not like I am. That um, you you make the best you can and assistance all um, for you, best you can. So if I'm understanding you right,
0: you're saying you don't want to assume anything about anybody's situation, that everybody's doing the best they can, at least you hope they are, and when you talk about taking advantage, you mean taking advantage of being in good health while you're in good health and not to assume that you're always going to
1: be that lucky. Is that right? Right. Um, you, You know, you don't know. Was going to happen tomorrow, and um, have think the empathy have empathy empathy for people.
0: (laughs) See, we're close enough friends that we can laugh about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was saying, "Have empathy." You know, that that saying really isn't trite. You know, you never know what tomorrow brings. So it's really important to live your best life right now, whatever that looks like. And for you right now, you know, you're living your best life even though you're looking at the end
1: of it. Every day you're making the best of it. That's what I see. I think so. Um, That's the best you can do. That makes it better for other uh loved ones around you
0: so suzanne's saying that if you make the best of what you've got it's not only good for you it's good for the people who love you and who are going to be there with you and one thing about Suzanne is that she has spent her whole life, in my opinion, trying to make everything better for the people who are around her. I used to always think of what a giver she is. So it's been a very big example or a very good example for me. I'd like to ask you what you think that your healthcare team, your nurses, your doctors, whomever, what they should do in approaching somebody or what they how they should interact with patients like you who have serious illnesses and terminal illnesses.
1: I think it's helpful if the team um, ex- uh, explores how much the patient um, understands things. Like they their approach to me totally... Change when they um, realize I'm a nurse, and I think they, um, if they know more about the patient, then they know how to give information to them so that they understand um, where they want the full picture, or they just want um, the gist of it, and it um, helps to establish that rapport and um, understand information from the p- patient perspective it is a really... Kind of um, they don't the patient gets um, aggravated if they th- think that um, they're stupid or on the other thing other hand think um, that the pain the team is over talking them over. Uh, uh, talking above him, it helps to figure out where they come from and establish that communication.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that they should get to know their patient a little more in depth than just their illness so they can... Know what kind of background you come from and speak to you in a way that is appropriate for you. Mm -hmm. Not to be condescending and not to talk too educated either. Is that right? Right. All right. I've said before that there's nothing that's off limits when we're talking. And yes, she's nodding her head. She agrees. And one of the things that has struck me is how frank you are about what's happening. You talk about dying and leaving the same way we talk about what we're going to do today or what the weather is outside. You've told me before that makes it easier for everybody to just kind of talk about it like nothing, so to speak. So when I say the word die as it pertains to you, does, does that bother you? Does it affect you in a way that I really can't see?
1: No, it, it doesn't. It's um, just another word um, like pass away or leave or go. Um, it is what it is. And right now I'm um, facing the end. And no need to, um, you know, ex, ex, um, decide, uh, hide it. And, um, I think it is better better to, um, be f- frank about it and no, uh, no communication kind of issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It's still,
0: you know, I've been using the words death and dying for, you know, the whole time we've known each other, but I've never used those words pertaining to you. And I wonder sometimes if it if it's a painful thing for you to hear.
1: No, I think in, in the in, in the beginning was I first diagnosed? it was um a shock, a shock maybe because it's me, it's not someone else. Um, uh, all of a sudden, I went for a happy life to i'm gonna die i'm I am really gonna die, but now. Um, I've been through the steps of, um, I accepted it, and it goes to, back to this question of being, um, scared or not, and, um, I'm not scared, and I don't, um, the word, would, the word dying doesn't... Um. Uh, it, it is. Um, okay. I'm uh, accepted to it. All right. Now let's get to a more
0: personal. Not that dying isn't already personal. Um. But what do you hope that your children, who are in their twenties, what do
1: you hope that they learn from this? I hope that they learned um like we've talked about about this is a part of life and not to be scared but embrace it in a way because um you can make it a positive experience or a Um, negative and when you have time to spend with loved ones when they're dying you can um have precious moments about life and share stories and say your goodbyes it just makes them uh better person to have that empathy and courage to, um, experience this.
0: Are you tired of talking about death and dying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, not less, not less, less. not yet, (laughs) but, um, I've tried to keep it in spe- uh, a, um, in spect- in, a, mm-hmm, in perspective and um when the time arises, we talk about it and otherwise we talk about good things <laughs> and um We have a lot of time just to reflect on our lives and our memories, and um, it's good so far. What are you hoping for now? That um, everybody is prepared and um, comfortable with the situation, and um, I will. really don't want to drag things out um just make me comfortable and um have a peaceful exit I think that's the, the biggest thing biggest thing peaceful exit
0: is there anything that you would have done differently
1: um I don't think so I I have lived a full life, and um, I'm proud of my chil- children, and um, I have sam- um, great family and friends, and I think uh, I'm satisfied. Um, yeah. I've never
0: heard somebody as young as you use the words I've had a full life. That that kinda actually
1: shocked me just now. Well, um I I try to take advantage of my life, you know, not wait till I retired, so to speak. And um I I've been happy. So I'm I'm like I said, like I'm comfortable and satisfied. Really. That's a lesson for all of us. So is there anything
0: in particular that you're hoping for for your children? I mean, they're in their 20s, but they're they have a a while ahead of them to go. So what are you
1: hoping for for them? Uh, I hope they have a um, a good life. You know, I, that's one thing that I was um, sad about is not being there for life events like Mary, uh, wedding and children and so on. So I just hope they have a, a life, a good life and I hope have um, um, instilled things in them to make them um, good, people. people. Suzanne had visitors
0: come in as she finished her statement. They had traveled a good distance to see her. So we decided to conclude this portion of our interview and pick up another time. So this ends our podcast for today, making it the time for our reflection. And it comes from Ira Biok, who said, The healthiest response to death is to love, honor, and celebrate life. Thank you for listening to the Palliators podcast today. I hope you'll come back for part two of both sides of the stethoscope. Bye for now.